West Limerick 102. The following is the podcast of County Views. It's a podcast on West Limerick 102 FM on the 9th of June 2021 from 9.30 to 11pm. Joining Pat O'Donovan and Tom Ryan, Mike Barrett and Carol McCarton as this is the podcast of County Views. The phone lines and text lines are now closed. Please do not phone or text, otherwise you'll be unnecessarily charged. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061-314-948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie. County Views is available as a podcast. Just search for it on your favourite podcast apps. New episodes are uploaded by the end of Thursday each week. Good evening, listeners. It is Wednesday night once again, and at last we have a nice, fine, bright Wednesday evening. And it's I'm joined tonight by Tom Ryan, as usual, the ever-reliable, and Mike Barrett and Coral McCourton. And Jason Smith, of course, is on the buttons on the other side of the desk here on, uh, in a different room. In actual fact, he's not with us. And Jason does a wonderful job there taking your messages every Wednesday night. So this program goes out live every Wednesday night, which, including tonight, from now until 11 o'clock. So if you would like to text in any message or any topic you would like us to discuss, the panel to discuss, uh, I'd advise you to start calling now. 0696620 telephone call 0696620 or text WhatsApp at 087 that is 087 or 0696620 and our thanks there to John Harold for uh, wonderful evenings of fine country music and a man of huge knowledge indeed is our John Harold and of course he plays uh, uh, American country then every Monday night from 9 o'clock to half past 10 which is very very popular indeed now there isn't a huge pile of news I suppose it just be news once upon a time but nowadays it doesn't become much news anymore uh, we've had this, uh, this terrible tragedy down in Waterford there on the bank holiday Monday of a baby being killed by a dog it happens and it happens and it happens probably too often every couple of years you have somebody whether it's a baby or a, an adult we've had a terrible case in Galway there a few years ago where the, the uh, mature woman was minding uh, a family member's dog as they were away on holidays and she got savaged and killed by the dog quite a bit of it and of course we have many others including myself who have been uh, spent a few days in hospital having been savaged by a dog as well and that's not too many years ago in my case so usually when I get out of the car in somebody's place that I'm not familiar with now I usually take a stick with me for safety purposes and Coral uh, dogs I'm sure you're used to dogs around your countryside I'm indeed but uh, something like this I can't ever recall uh, a child so young uh, sleeping in their cot that hour of the night that a dog could go up the stairs you know like we, can, we can only go by what has been reported it's uh, appalling it is it's so tragic and so sad um, how can you say I just can't figure out like how the dog could have gone up the stairs or 
hat was, hat was, war kein Haus in Frage. Ich denke, es war ein Two-Story-Haus. Haus, wo man den Spotted oder hier, der Child. I mean, there's a lot of uh, unanswered questions, but all the, all you can say is that we've, like, like we ought to have sympathy for, you know, for all the family, for all the people involved. But it goes to show you that you can't be careful enough, and uh, I'm sure it's one of the saddest cases like, like we've had for, for a long time. Yeah, definitely, yeah. yeah, there's no doubt about that, yeah. And the other sad thing about it was that the dog did not belong to the family. The dog was only brought there by, uh, I think, a relation of the of the lad, it's a villain, villain and, he, and he get all the father and mother of the child. I think are going to be getting married later on, and I think his brother brought the dog there to be kept for the weekend. So the dog was probably not that, that familiar with the house, and I have seen it myself. I see it. Great friend of mine, below lad, that I went with. Uh, his daughter was married up in Tipperary, and she had a young son there about, uh, I suppose he's four months now. But she did dog all her life until Jack Russell had her and she took him up to Nina with her. And the day she brought home the child, she said to her father, you're better put that dog into the car and take him back to skating before he'll kill someone. They're liable to do it because they, what actually happens is when a dog is in a house all his life, he's getting all the attention. The next thing a child comes in, well, the dog starts to get jealous and that's what happens. Because obviously what happened there was the dog probably went up the stairs and the child probably made some noise or squeak inside in the cot and he turned on him straight away. He was actually a crossbred dog, which is which is actually highly dangerous. They can do it for you. Have two breeds crossed like that, it's absolutely lethal. I was actually talking to a man tonight before I came in. He's only a few miles away from me. I was talking to the fellow between Cove and Clashmore, and he said, like, the whole place is devastated down there because the family were well known and everything. It was only a rented house. So it's an awful, it's an awful sad thing to... But it brings it back to you just the danger of the stair, and I'm sure both Terrell and Tom have... We all have been experienced with dogs, and these things can, these things can happen very, very easily. That is uh, hugely sad for the family and hugely sad for the everyone involved, two or three families. Oh, it is. Like, it is an awful tragedy. Yeah, yeah. <coughs> You've explained it well, you know. Like, as to, as to the circumstances of it, like, I, I wasn't aware, no, that uh, that was only that he wasn't a household dog, like, he was only brought in. That minute, that makes it really, I mean, serious out here, you know, as a girl's. I, I knew there was a good bit of an inquiry about it, and, you know, it looked like, it looked like as if, as if something like that had happened, but sure, it was an awful tragedy, an awful disaster, like, and it's it shows you that you can't be careful enough, especially with babies and young kids, young kids, because dogs are jealous. They, you know, they can be very, you know. But it's it's very unusual that that if when he wasn't familiar with the surroundings like that, that he had such freedom in the house. Like exactly. you know, I mean, it doesn't make sense at all. Exactly. You know, and because I I have a few dogs myself, you know, like and and I have one particular dog. He's um, a sheepdog, and uh, I remember my my nephew's little boy. Like I mean, he did, they were, he, and he doesn't like him. You know, I mean, and and they're only young kids, and, and he said to me one day, why doesn't he call Justin? We called him after Justin McCarthy at the time he got the image job. And uh, he said, uh, why doesn't Justin like children? And this, this lad now was only five or six, like, you know, but he said, because I said, eat for water at him, and he'd be hitting him. That's why. But I mean, they're jealous, and he growls, and he doesn't like him, and, you know, you have to be very careful, like. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when you see, but this is ultra 
ultra sad and, and, and tragic, you know. I mean, you can imagine the trauma that actually, you know, but where was everyone? You know, that's the thing about it. Like, two o'clock in the morning. Two o'clock in the morning. Yeah, you know what I mean? Of all the doubts going down, one of the most dangerous of all. The Hosky crosses something there. Yeah, I mean, Hosky Tally, They're absolutely yeah. lethal. But how, how would you cross a uh, Hosky Tally, like? Oh, you can't. Huh? And, uh, and the sad thing about it, no, is that at the present day, no matter what kind of a cross you have, a pope will make, isn't done making a thousand euro. Oh, there, yeah. yeah oh, it's there, absolutely it's gone. It's gone mad, like, uh, because it is, yeah. Uh, anything but that, anything yeah. but that, and you, Tom, you know, and I know we have been involved with towns all our life. Yeah. You can deal with, you can deal with 30, 40 homes and they won't touch you. Yeah, that's right. But yeah. one tarrier out of the way yeah. can be, can be. Or it can be. Can and and on, on a particular occasion, yeah. and without any notice, I was talking lately to friends of mine, and, uh, you know, they have a little boy now, like, as, as well, and uh, they, they had, um, they, they bought a present to a dog uh, for him, uh, that's brown white, but the black, the black and tan one, the beefler, the, yeah. the, the the real, the real killer, real killer. In the session? No, no, no. no. The, the Doberman. Or Do, a Doberman. Doberman yeah. Imagine, like in a house inside Limerick. Yeah. I said, God, I said that was absolutely outrageous. Anyway, exactly. you know. So I mean, people do stupid things, and you don't expect it. It is an awful thing. As like, Pat has rightly said, it, that woman in Galway as well. And this happened. Right. This has happened. No, happened in England a good bit. Happened in England a lot. Yeah. A, a lot. You know, and it happened. It's happened here too. It happened and in England. It happened in England. A couple of guys and put a fox in and killed children inside inside in cuts. Walked in and pulled yeah. them out of it. But uh, they're getting very common. They're getting very bold as well now because they're getting domesticated, aren't they? And you see, the whole there. country, yeah. the whole country since since the lockdown, the yeah. whole country is absolutely crawling with dogs. Is, yeah. I mean, you meet anyone walking. They have yeah. probably they have, they have one or two. never get over this. Sure, oh, no, like, no, you know, no, 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 we say well the old saying was a uh, dog is a man's best friend you know yeah. and, and they are like you know dogs yeah, but you have you know, to you have to serve, like, a purpose as well you have to know to be, you have to be able you have to know how to handle them you have to, yeah. you have to. Yeah. You have no, to know. there will be certain breeds that I wouldn't trust like you know, know, riders, you riders, know riders, yeah. but by and large you know your Jack Russell your Terrier uh, dogs as poodles by and large you know you need to take it that they're not going to do a, a serious yeah they're habit. grand you say at that age when, when you're giving them the attention but when they, when, they, when they lose your attention, yeah. then they get jealous. That's but, right. it, but isn't it unbelievable, though, like that, that, that an incident like this I mean, could happen? Like, you know, I mean, like that a dog would turn rogue like that, you yeah. know, like especially I mean, even that he didn't know the location. If he was alone, if, if they owned him, like you would yeah. say, well, I mean, there might be somebody you would often see, because there is a fierce jealous factor with him, like, yeah. they, well, like they, they, bring, are, they are very intelligent, like. Was that to bring a dog to a house like that? You know, I mean, a dog is very intelligent, and, oh, yeah, was, and the fact that he was a dog coming from the outside 
didn't pick up the stairs, you think there wouldn't even be, there wouldn't be well, that, that no. I mean, there wouldn't be that kind of, uh, what you call, bow like that. Well, you, you'd be thinking, like, did he got too much freedom? Oh, he did, of course. Oh, it is, it is. Carl's comment there reminded me of somebody there recently said to me, this in Ireland some years ago, usually when you meet a young couple walking, they were usually pushing a pram. But nowadays, when you meet a young couple walking, most of the time it's a dog they have with them. Now there's a text message in from, uh, hello, Pat and Pan, let's this from the beautiful dry hills of Knockroke or Connors. Can the panel please discuss the following? Concern has been raised over a Limerick TD's role in the company involved in a housing project on the north side of Limerick City. The British-based property firm Formation is chaired by Fianna Fáil TD Willie O'Dea and is a venture partner involved in a scheme to build 110 homes off the Condell Road. The land will be home to 88 dwelling houses and 22 22 apartments, although modifications are being sought by the developer. Mr. O'Dea has said that Formation PLC, which he is a non-executive chair of, is a minority shareholder in the venture to build the homes. But questions have arisen after Mr. O'Dea objected to a 9.8 million project on the other side of the road to build 37 houses, apartments and complexes. Because this council plan would be half social rental housing and half affordable homes. And while it is ultimately passed by members, his Fianna Fáil party colleagues did object to it in 2018. Mr. O'Dea has argued at the time that a social housing only estate is contrary to policy. At the end of this month's Metropolitan meeting, Sinn Féin Councillor Sharon Benson raised the matter as a topical issue following a story published in the Sunday Times last weekend. Personally, I believe it, it to be in conflict of interest given the fact that both he and some local Fianna Fáil councillors publicly objected to, to the application for the council project in the same area. So it would seem that it's not okay according to Fianna Fáil for the council to build social housing in the area but it is okay for a company chaired by a Fianna Fáil TD to build housing in the same area and that is from Mark Tierney. Thank you Mark and you got it in in good time tonight so thank you Mark for that Tom I suppose I'll start with you on that one you're probably yeah I actually read it after, after the Sunday Times you know and uh, that, that particular uh, um, article in the Times it is unbelievable like you know I, I mean when you see like Odi like him and there uh, he'd be a very prominent ex-minister very prominent uh, TD with, with, with comments on every issue and uh, your housing at the moment is 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 the order of the day, and he to be chairman of a of a company. Even so, he says that, he, that it's only a very minor shareholding in the whole thing. I, I don't accept that. It's an absolute disgrace. I mean, they have a job to do up in Linster House there to for, for to ensure that there are houses built for, I mean, for people and social housing in particular and affordable housing as well. 
And uh, to be honest about it, like, I mean, I, I think myself that it is a resigning matter because there's a conflict of interest there. And it is a, a serious matter. And, uh, you, you know, we're taking these things very glib and kind of, there hasn't been much about it since now, Pat. You know, I mean, this is this matter, like, with a, a, with a leading political figure involved in a housing development as a chairman and objected into uh, to a social housing development. I know, uh, I have an idea where the, where the place is. It's out on the children's... Uh, is, is it what that's... That road, you go to corner there, the day you go to... The Candel Road, yeah. I mean, you would never forget the Candel Road because you'd have to go about, I think, eight miles an hour a day now to have it down to such, you know, with, with cameras and space apps. But, I mean, I think myself that that it's uh, he, a solar run. He, he appears to be a, a kind of a, a wild card situation within Fianna Fáil. And I haven't heard anything coming out of Fianna Fáil headquarters about it. If there's anybody else, they'd be up in their high hearts and they'd be singing, you know, but oh, the EP has to be able to do relax. Yeah, but is it, I suppose, at the end of the day, it's not the tip of the iceberg because how many more are it? Yeah. Countrywide, there's, there's hardly anyone above the doll, but happen some to have some that are involved in something behind the scenes, and, and it's it isn't becoming public. I just read a bit about it as well. I see why he decided to to step down, resign altogether because he was getting a lot of hassle and all that all that type of thing. But like, how many more how many more are stuck in things behind the scenes that we don't know about? And I think it's I think it's rampant every, with everyone, with politicians of all of all parties. <laughs> I think that if 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 something is questioned into the that background, that's a, you will find a lot of there's a lot of skeletons in the cupboard and a lot of places. That's a well, I, I don't disagree with you, Mike. But, you know, but I mean, this is has been has been. And, you know, when when you need, I mean, when you need leadership and when you need our, our politicians to be role models and to be, you know, that's, they're highly paid people and, uh, you know, with, with huge expense accounts and big pensions at the end of their term and there's no, there's no one denying them what they're getting. I don't deny them. I don't, like, object, but I, I certainly disagree with the way in a situation like this that you're involved in covert activity, that's what he's called. I mean, O'Dea is a very prominent politician. He's a, he's a very wealthy man as well. And, uh, you know, I mean, he, he had a big sad story then about, uh, you know, when he was cut out, like, and he easy put your hand up your cut. You have to be a man in the morning, you have to be a man all day. You know, yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's, so like that's you, right. You go back there last week to the property yeah. property tax that were on about that. Oh, yeah. I think it's no emerge that, that any of the TDs, they don't have to declare what property they have at all. That's well, I would, I, I will, sure, did. They're bound. I mean, under the under the under the, uh, the, the whatever rule or protocols that are in the doll for TDs, you must declare your what you own. But sure as you might, so they're not given. They're not declared at all. Like, yeah. Well, I suppose this country has been mired in a, you know scandals associated with um, uh, housing development, and uh, it seems that we haven't learned the lesson of of the boom either. Uh, I would have one issue about um, development and I, I just happened to read this uh, lately I'm just staying off a bit here now and um, you know one of, one of the of the aspects of um, development in this country is the price of uh, land you know, to build housing on no, no, the state has no ownership but for one off housing etc uh, in, in, in most European countries uh, Developing land can only be sold at one and a half times the 
the, the going price of value of agricultural land. There's no restraint in this, in, in this state at the moment, uh, which is totally wrong, which is making it nearly impossible for anybody to build a house uh, no, no reasonably cheaply, be they a developer or, or not. If you have to pay that much to, buy, to acquire the land first, yeah. but I mean, straight away, I mean, the ultimate price of the house is going to be very yeah, dear. And that's the thing I think we should be focusing on. Now, the uh, like our dear, like a fair, it's, it's a, bit, a bit late in life for you know, for Willie to be changing tack and uh, I presume that he's not going to stand in the next general election so he probably is in, embarking on a, a new career um, I mean per se I wouldn't see anything wrong with a person uh, trying, to trying to develop and build extra houses but to object to the state you know, or the council doing the same thing in the same area that is where, that is utter hypocrisy yeah. uh, but like we, I would welcome as Tom said, affordable and uh, social housing. And the state must take responsibility. I mean, uh, Sinn Féin and Owner Brain has been saying this for, I mean, uh, the responsibility ultimately lies in the present climate for the state to be the main driver and the main developer of creating uh, extra houses. I think somebody, uh, I was in there beside recently, they were able to build housing estates uh, all over the country, back in, in the bad old days of the 50s and 60s. When times were hard, uh, money was scarce, and now yeah. we're supposed to be one of the richest countries in the world, and we have this uh, ongoing problem with building houses. But there's no, there's no one, I mean, denying, denying that what you're saying is correct to take care of it. It appears to be table of skills and everything he put in the way, you know, of, of of, of local governments, like I mean, and in particularly local, local county councils and urban councils, you know, that, that have the responsibility and always had a responsibility for building houses. As but like, and I can't. I'm at a loss, like totally, completely, to know for the, over the past ten years when we're told that there was money available in Europe, there's money available like freely in Dublin, and we have we had a situation where the environmental and the justice and the minister for housing. Could, not the present one, even alone, but previous ones as well, were able to uh, criticise local councils for not building houses. Now, uh, that is a disgrace, and, and it's their right to be criticised, but there's no criticising them. They have to be shown up to be incompetent. And the incompetence of these councils now, I mean, and I would also like to take the task here of Sinn Féin. Sinn Féin, uh, like, uh, have come out and what they say is correct, the housing, the, the, the social housing and affordable housing, and you're properly, you're totally right about the price of land and development land, and it's all owned by by a certain amount of people, small amount of people, very ultra-wealthy people. But the point about it is they have been in the majority in a lot of councils since the previous, uh, previous local elections. So, I mean, I didn't see them building any houses. Now, I mean, if you're in a majority, if you're in a council, they are the first line of, of, of supply. The money, we're told, is there from the environment. In, the, in, in Dublin, from the exchequer, the money is there to build houses. So why wouldn't they build them? Not, not alone did they not build them, but they didn't even raise an issue about them. But they're talking about them, all right, but talk is cheap, but money buys 
Fear, and they were, they were absolutely there in the same boat as Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael. They didn't, they didn't do anything. Tom, I don't know of any council where Sinn Féin were in the majority. We should have controlled all the councils in Dublin. They're, they're, I mean, let him be a majority, let him be a minority. They're, they're elected. They're there to serve. And they're there to, to, to make the issues that you're talking about. Yeah, but and I'm talking about. But they're the one party for years. They're blue in the face of, of, of saying, like, we want to build more houses. The money was not coming to the councils. But so why wasn't it coming to the council? But so why weren't they saying that? Like, the right. councillors themselves to do it. I mean, it, it, that's, it, it, that's it, what they're there for. The, top. the councils did not have the money to build the houses. But the money was there. The money was, we're told by, the, by successive ministers that the money is available and we, we see councils being lambasted now from the, from the Department of the Environment and the Minister for Housing that they weren't doing their job. So now, I mean, the point about it is no good for any point in the figure anyone. They are, they are in there. They're elected to serve the same as we had out here last week with a, when a man told us here last week, I mean, Liam Galvin, that they had no say. No say with 25,000 a year plus expenses. I mean, he, 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 he admitted that here last week. So, I mean, what are they doing there? I mean, I, I today look for a man like Kiernan. I looked for him. Is it Kiernan? Is he? I said, Director of Services in Limerick. Couldn't get him. But I get him tomorrow. He was, Tom. He is now. He's not now, no. He is, yeah. He's Director of Services. He is, yeah. And, and we had a situation that I couldn't even get someone to answer the phone uh, with the county council, not, not the IDA. Now I, we had a, a, we had a, a major a major pollution like explosion out of out of the estate in Raheen. Sunday, yesterday, and today. If there was a bit of silage spill within the river in Whistler, it would be in the news in the morning. A fish killing, there'd be people nearly, they'd be arrested. I couldn't get him from the IDA, couldn't get him from the McCauley Council, couldn't get the hand. He wasn't available. But what was he? He's paid. It's his job. I mean, I'll break him tomorrow because they look for him and they'll find him. That's one thing short here. Corrales, Tom, made an interesting point there, I thought, and I trolled it to that in the 1950s and 60s the amount of houses were built but if you look at the amount of, uh, of money that is now going to administration exactly. compared to then mm-hmm. well, correct. It's sure just that. there is a huge amount in administration now and very little going into what it was originally going into so that you, you, you can't argue with that that's, that's uh, in actual fact Paddy, it could be the where you hit the nail in the head that's probably where the money is going mm-hmm. and, and on top of that you see, people now want special designed houses. There's competition between architectural firms costing hundreds of thousands to design special houses for people. I mean, I'll tell you something. I'm, I live in a very simple house, like a small house. And, and I tell you, I mean, I don't see why we should be designing people uh, special houses for people who have no houses. And most of them won't even have to be rent uh, like when they get them. And they won't look after them and we'll let them as well. And they won't be maintained, they won't be managed. And you see, so it is a, it is a total collapse of our public sector. That's what it is. And I had experience of that today. Mm-hmm. Uh, fourth hand. So now that's real moving on. You look at you look at you just look at the local paper there. In there in there at least as long as your arm um, architects applying for planning permission for this, that and the other. In, in there, in there, even the, the local paper here, the, the, the observer. That's at least as long as you're them every week. Yeah, I mean, they, they, all of them have to be paid before there's a, a, a sort of turn that will block. But you're dead right. But until we 
ensure that our representatives in the Dáil, that they're not directors of companies or chairman of companies, and the local representatives are being paid their, twi- their wages are now 24,000 a year. Liam Galvin said in this programme last time, I said, no, no. say. Now, I mean, what we're paying for an election, people with no say, I mean, like, I, I'd like to know, I'd like to see someone to sit down. This has changed in literally everything. I, I, I have referred to the GA and, and other organisations. The, 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 the delegates just go in, not just the GA, but many other ones. The delegates went in, they used to all have their say once upon a time, and you're all GA, I mean, I'm familiar with GA more than other games, and then it was taken away to the executive, executive decisions in the finish, the people, the ordinary just so he had no say in anything, Tom. So you and that's across the that's board. The, that's the sporting and another organisation. I'm talking about, I'm talking about our public sector, our public representatives. They are elected and they are paid over and above what they've been paid any place in the world. And they're doing nothing. And and, and when Liam Galvin could admit here last week that they don't say, I, I, people Tom, are shocked. Tom, it is across the it's board from the top down. the whole system then, Tom. I mean, if, if, if a councillor of the standing of um, Liam Galvin, who's been in the council for a number of years now, if he admits that and says that, well, obviously there has to be the whole, the whole kind of uh, way that uh, local councils uh, are elected, how they operate, who the officials are, who has the ultimate say, who has the power. Well, all of that has to be. I mean, I was just uh, 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 was I reading briefly in, in the observatory about Newcastle West. The town commissioners that were uh, he's, uh, he's, uh, uh, I see incorporated in into the, the council, yeah. yeah. You know, they weren't doing their job. Yeah. But I mean, it might be time. I'll tell you one thing though that happened. Uh, one, of the biggest mis- one of the biggest mistakes that was ever made was the joining up of Limerick City and County Council for the start. The doing away with uh, you know, small little uh, town yeah, commissioners town commissioner and council. Exactly, yeah. Because now I think all the power lies centrally somewhere. And you're up against a big... Well, where it, where it lies, Mikiran, is it lies with CEOs who are, who are appointed and who can switch from one county to another and one department to another and who have a, 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 a combination of, of supporters, non-elected, around them, making decisions for them. And that's what's happening inside Limerick. There are more groups inside Limerick running a city than they have in Beijing. That's it's a, coming a, up to 10 o'clock, folks, and we'll go to Ned break. We'll be back to you shortly. You're tuned to West Limerick 102 FM, broadcasting from Newcastle West. If you want to text in or call in on any topic, 0696600 and 0871669800. That is 0871669800. You're tuned to West Limerick 102 FM. And on tonight's panellists, Tom Ryan, Mike Barrett and Coral McCurton. We're live until 11 o'clock on this Wednesday night. This program is repeated tomorrow morning at half past 11 until 1 and Jason Smith is our producer and he's waiting and willing and able to take all your messages back to you shortly County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors Limerick and Newcastle West for all your legal requirements phone 061 314 948 Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors tod.ie You are listening to the podcast of County Views. It's broadcast on West Limerick 102 FM on the 9th of June 2021 from 9.30 to 11pm. Joining Pat O'Donovan and Tom Ryan, Mike Barrett and Carol McCutton as this is the podcast of County Views. The phone lines and text lines are now closed. Please do not phone or text, otherwise you'll be unnecessarily charged.
County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061 314 948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie. Welcome back, listeners. Uh, you're tuned to West Limerick 102 FM and another message in here, y'all. Just tuned in. I have yet to get any politician or housing expert to explain what they mean by affordable housing. Should, all, should not all housing be affordable anyway? It's my opinion that all land that is suitable should be deemed development land, which will cut out the hoarding of prime land. Regards, Christy Kelly. Thank you in that indeed, Christy. Now, a few people run to me about uh, the, the Deirdre Morley case, the psychiatric nurse Deirdre Morley, who smothered her three children at her family home, who was found not guilty of the murders, but guilty of insanity. And some people felt that uh, publicity that it got maybe being a family case, many similar type of cases where family and children and so forth. In the case of children being murdered up to recently, they couldn't be named, and yet these children they're all named uh, you're all well um, since um, she got um, well I don't know if it was her sentence or not since we said judgment uh, was given a lot of people who had similar tragedies in their families uh, actually welcomed you know the publicity and that they thought that, and they're arguing that there should be more talk about these cases because mental health has been kind of stigmatized as well. So uh, I wouldn't be say, I wouldn't be in favor of uh, censoring or trying to hide it you know, from the public at all. Uh, I, don't, I don't think that would achieve anything. If anything, like it, it highlights you know, that people, male or female, I mean, it's happened on both sides where people gone away and killed members of, of their own family. There was a case up there in Cabin a couple of years ago. He was a next handballer. Uh, I just can't think. A lot of cases around the country. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, uh, I think I think you're better off talking about you know, the subject because it is it, it is impinging on a lot of other people's lives. It could happen anywhere. It could yeah. happen anywhere. We do not know know the reason for it. And uh, I think you know better to maybe try and solve and maybe delve into the reason why people would do such um, things you know, to their own family. Obviously, that woman was in a desperate state. I would agree, I would agree with you, Kieran. Certainly, I think, I think a lot of these things have been kind of kept hush hush over the years. I know a fellow that sat in the same seat as me going to school. Don't know his children behind after Pierre and Glynn going back a few years ago. White lads met here. We sat in the one seat at school, and he was an absolute genius. But that didn't do him any good. But I think I would agree with what you're saying, Kieran. There, and I did see that woman's husband he done an interview with Mary McAllen on, on television and he spoke very openly about it and he seemed to have no issue with it like and he I'd say to me the man felt relieved that he was able to come out and speak because the whole thing is was probably building up on him and I think I think maybe it's a good thing to, to, to bring it out in the open and to give people a bit more a more confidence to come out and talk yeah, this is um, again we covered it uh, a couple of weeks ago. There, it is a very tragic case. It's one of many, you know, and it shows that the stigma, as you were rightly said, Kiran, that is attached to 
mental illness and uh, areas of the uh, industry in medicine, uh, we are way behind in that. Our our services like we had like was it that Lynch woman that was minister in Cork, she was minister in charge of she gave back money I think back out of for mental health back into the funds of the HSE. And to be honest about it, we wouldn't want to be talking about it. We'd want to be doing something about it. Mm-hmm. And I have experience and I have of of taking people and being involved with people with mental illness and with disabilities areas that they can be linked as well and uh, you know we, we have a shocking a shocking like record in this country at officialdom in the or medical uh, distribution of medical services in that area and also like I mean in the general public it's a case of you don't talk about it people are isolated and we have you know people have walked out of the, our psychiatric services in Limerick and they have committed suicide and they have you know so we are shockingly uh, imperfect in that in that area of health because why it's a stigma we don't want to talk about it and but we have to face up to it and in this particular instance like there, there is no doubt about it the, the shocking uh, you know I mean the, the loss of the three children like and the whole idea of it and then this idea that that the mental services couldn't actually explain the condition because of privacy laws and of medicine of, of all this kind of rubbish and although the husband is, is, I mean did speak out about it like I mean he was living with the family like I mean he, he was head of the family sure I mean like he, surely to God like that in any walk of life that he would be like he would have been aware anywhere that there was something wrong as well so I don't exonerate him from blame at all in this instance I, I think the services that, that allowed that incident to happen in the in especially the hospital and the consultants and the psychiatrists that were involved they have a lot to answer for in my book and they're not being asked any questions we're really lacking support we're like where I mean down in the in the Saudi East where it has happened a good few times I, I mean I, I didn't the woman there she, she rang up the services and she was turned away from the door and she walked into the sea exactly I mean was it one child, child or two children so let's let's not be talking about one instance here there's a record here and there's a history here and we have to our, our public services and our in that area are inadequate and they're not they're not staffed properly and the qualifications I think there was only one psychiatrist at one stage in the, in the whole southeast area of, of, of the country, that, that HSE area. One psychiatrist. And they used to close at five o'clock on Friday evening and come back again in the morning. An absolute disgrace. That's what, that's what it is. And, and, oh, and, but it has, been, it has been ignored for a simple reason. It's not a popular thing to be talking about. And then again, the public and the families don't want to talk about it. But you're right, Kieran. We have to go into the uh, into open it out into the open, bring out the failures, bring out the, and but the people are responsible, must be made be responsible, and there has to be consequences like, rather than saying, oh, yeah, we move on. And I had an instance, and I want just to say, I, I had an instance with a very disturbed man that I had to, uh, that, that was, I was the only one actually in, in, in it was in, uh, quite near me, and a lad that I know well, and he knew me well, and he was very disturbed and very agitated uh, in a like and he wasn't drunk either but I, I when I arrived in uh, he came down and he knew me and he spoke to me and he was all about me and I said he, he wanted me to take him to hospital well no he was a hospital case and I, I took him home 
first. And then I said, we'll, we'll go. And I, I thought he might settle him down and he might relax. No, he didn't. And, and I got some, got, I, I mean, I spoke to his mother and his brother. And they were, they were all so frightened. And I went to St. George's Hospital with him of a Friday night at 12 o'clock. And he took me two hours with it. And I'm not too bad to explain anything, but I had to nearly use force to get that man admitted. At the hotel. They had to bring a psychiatrist in from Dennis Road. I mean, for the, uh, the, the man, like, was, <coughs> was. And you see, this is what. Now, you take, for instance, like, they wanted, to, they wanted me to bring him home again. Now, in the event of I bring him home, mm. and that man was in a state of mind now that, that, that was very disturbed. And he was just genuine. He was very ill. He wasn't, there was no drink involved or anything. It was a pure nervous, a pure psychiatric problem. And there were two male nurses there, one female nurse, and uh, there was a. Uh, and I inside the middle of trying to explain that this man, I said, is living with a woman. I mean, his mother is here. He has a way. She's at home. His brother, the two of them are terrorized. Do you think I'm going to take you? I'm not. I won't be have the response. But it took it took me two hours, and I was afraid, and I had plenty more to do to haunt a bed. And I say so. That is a fact, and that's what's happening in this country. People are not people are being ignored. And you're right, Pat. They close at five o'clock, yeah. and then you listen on on the radio, and they'll say, "Oh well, I mean, our services are open now, twenty four seven. You ring them and find out." But that 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 comes back to, to what you have been really talking about, Tom, and you were spoken about you were spoken about it in several occasions and different things. It, it comes back to the bureau. Democracy, the stale. Of course it is. And, 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 and they'll keep going around in circles until it's like an entangled, an entangled web and no one wants to take responsibility. And then, as you say, you'll have the ad the following on our services are open 24-7. Hi, all. On top of all the bureaucracy on the council, where councils blatantly tell us they have no say, we will soon have another layer with the new mayor whose salary and those other hangers-on could possibly cost close to one million. Another waste of money. The councils have no say because they simply say nothing and only go along with the council management. All they are interested in is their salary and a plethora of expenses for being on various meaningless committee talking shops. Yes, men and women, regards Christy Kelly. I'm sure the county councillors, Christy, would not agree with you in that. Back on to the day's independent. Uh, members of Sinn Féin posed at pollsters to collect data on voters. Sinn Féin provided party members with fake ID badges and instructions on how to misrepresent themselves as pollsters to survey households before and during elections. An internal training man manual reveals how activists were given detailed instructions on how to pose as researchers working for a polling company to covertly question voters. The 77-page document set out how Sinn Féin members should ask voters about their intention under the guise of the Irish Market Research Agency, IMRA, which does not exist. The Irish Independent asked the other political parties whether their members had ever posed as market researchers to collect information on voters. Fianna Fáil said it was not aware of its members doing so, and the Labour Party said covert polling had not been done with the knowledge or with the sanction of party headquarters. Fianna Gael said the majority of polling it used was carried out by private research companies. However, a spokesman added occasionally polling would have been carried out by the organisation locally without direct supervision of headquarters. The Social Democrats paper before profits said they had not posted, uh, posed as market researchers. Sinn Féin's elect 
toolkit Dublin 2015 included sample ballot papers featuring a NIMRA logo along with a page of printable authorization badges for the fake opinion poll firm. The ID badges falsely described IMRA as an independent organization that is dedicated to compiling of accurate political and social information in Ireland. All that and it never even existed. Is, is, is this Act Is this Act Four now, or Act Six, or Act Sorry? Seven? Is this Act Four, Act Six, or Act Seven of the latest the drama that the Independent is continuing on over the last number of weeks? Because this is going on now. You don't answer the question. Is this in television? Well, <laughs> well, no, well, I mean to say, it's laughable. It's laughable. Yeah. I stood for election. I think the first time back in 1901 or something like that. And any election that I stood in. Both Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael would tell me at various times, we're, we've been doing polls, you're at, that, you're at this percentage, this one is at this percentage. It's been going on forever and ever and ever. I, again, it's a story about nothing. Fianna Gael are, are the masters, are the masters at polling. And, we're, and, and they're proud of it, and have been proud of it. And people would often say, Did you hear what I read out? I did. I, I should have myself today. I mean, I would, the produced packages, the produced, the lovely title, IMRA. Uh, I, I mean, if you do a poll, agency, if, you, if you are doing research, you don't go with a big badge around you. I'm trying to find out about our party, and this is my this is my logo. I mean, of course, you are going to pose as, as uh, a fake. But I mean, what's fake? What's fake about it? IMRA didn't exist, but, so that but, that was but, fake. But does it have to exist? They said they were independent. And I mean, were what do you know about what do you know about the, all the other polling companies? Are they fake or are they not fake? Well, I mean, the right hope is a load of nonsense. I think I think you're on your fellow right. I, I heard some of that today on the radio. <laughs> And they were on about it on the, in, in, in prime time decision. Yeah, Radcliffe admitted they did it as well. He did, exactly. That's what he did, yeah. yeah. But it, someone else made the point as well. I think it was one of the commentators that, that the Irish Independent is actually owned by a Belgian company. And this is their this is their policy over the years. That came from one of the ones in prime time decision. But I did hear Leo Radcliffe. policy to attraction fairness, is it? Well, that's exactly what they were saying, that that, that's, that, that that seemed to be their policy. But Veradker did admit that, that Fine Gael were practically using the same thing, but he didn't come out as blatant as, as what's on the paper. But he did admit that they're, that they're doing it as well. But if you listen to closely when I was reading, the, the, the Labour Party said that they, they, they were unaware of it, or unauthorised, so they were all kind of shaded answers, really, that sure. it would be all at the next Again, like you, have, you have this Philip Ryan and financial and this has been on you for the last, as I said, this is probably Act, act 9 of, of the latest part of the drama. Well, as I see it anyway, like Mission Fane, uh, are well able to fight the wrong corner. This situation is they've been found out again by acting underhand in a clandestine way, which is really not, not right. And I'd be worried, actually, about people that that, that disguise themselves and, you know, in a situation like that. And let it be Fine Gael or Fine Fáil or Fine Gael. I believe myself that that's, that behaviour like is is clandestine and is not right. And, and there has to be a motive behind it, like a, a, a motive that would be sinister 
lesson in my book. Also coming on top of this data bank that they have us in Germany, on top of the five million that they're forgetting from this Welshman that died and left them five million uh, to spend and how they're going to spend it. And, like, and, and uh, you know, it's a lot of money for a political party to have. And, which, and so what are they doing with the money? And are they entitled to the money? So it gives them a huge advantage. Electorally, uh, they're, they're sitting at all. They're, they're good speakers and that's what, are, what, what we want to hear and they have good policies we want to hear but, the, but under, underneath all that there is a sinister issue involved here and when you have to give a wrong name you go to a door and you, you're canvassing and you're looking for you're doing data collection and when you're doing under the skies of a different name of a company that doesn't exist and when you have a data bank outside in Hamburg or someplace they think they have it to hide you know that they're analysing everything how are they doing this? What is the meaning of it? What do they want? Are they, are they, are they actually, are you, as, as I directed to you directly, because we, we find very little spokesman for Sinn Féin, I mean, for to come in here and only, like, I mean, and, like, I would expect that, um, that, a, that a political party that would have a data bank of the whole electorate and have it all been analysed out in the foreign, out in Germany. What, what's the reason for that? That is a total exaggeration. It's not a total exaggeration. It's the no. bank. In every constituency. In some areas, I'll tell you one thing, I've gone out canvassing and I've never seen I've never seen this database. I, I wish it was there and that we could use it. We what we try to do is no, at a local level is you would say well, we think, you know, there's a bit of support in this state or that state, you know. Uh, but I've yet to see this big database. Plus the fact, the database that's in Germany or wherever it is, it, it's a safe... Why is, it, why is it there? Why, why, why had you to choose Germany for it? And why have you... Why can you how can you afford to have have paid full-time pollsters like him, people? How can that be? How can, how can any political party like afford that? Yeah, and what do you want it for? Yeah, but how does Fine Gael do it? How does Fine, Fine Gael have no full-time? They, they, have, they have an office staff in Dublin. They have an office staff in Dublin. I mean, Sinn Féin, I don't know what their office staff is. It's in Dublin, and it's in Belfast, and it's in Hamburg, and it's in New York, and it's all over the world. I mean, they, and, and the wealth of the party has to be, has to be looked at and how it was acquired. One of number the reasons, one. one of the reasons is uh, many of the people that left this country because of British rule, but of what of, of the wrongs that were done to this country, in some ways is getting is getting revenge for what has been happening to, to Republicans for for decades in this country. And why would, you, would you want revenge? Like, would you not get revenge by by backing a party like like I mean, Yale or or are the, the, the Democrats like, you know, or maybe Fianna Fáil for, you know, would you not Fianna be... Fáil, Fianna Fáil were getting our hands and some were Fianna Fáil increased by, by big business over the years. They've they accumulated millions yeah. over the years and, and nobody talks about it. And who's raising the hands of, 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 who's raising the hands of Sinn Féin now? Who's, who well, is, well, who's well, this well, individual well, that well, left well, the five million? Any time the high fought any election, I was scraping the bottom of the bar. I know you were and, and, and that I would did. be, and I admit that and I admire you for, for standing 
because I, I stood myself I'm as well. I'm not sure nature. But, other but, is, but it is very strange that it is very strange that that someone uh, a, a man that with your long standing and your record and your membership is in Fianna and your work for the party. It is, it is very strange that you wouldn't that you wouldn't be supported by the party or that you wouldn't know what's going on. See, it's a myth. It's a myth. It's that, not a myth. It's a myth. There's no myth now. That, that, that has all this money. No, she got five million from a man well, in no. over. That's what the media are saying. No, That's it's not the media, media saying. Did you? I saw. I saw it myself. That's I saw the, the program, and, and 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 it was it was a, a very interesting. And it's still coming in. It's all over Europe. The money can't be even. Some can't be found. You have actually solicitors now looking for the money throughout Europe. I don't be about in here now, but I mean. The amount of Irish people, especially Republicans from the six counties, that had to go to America or other countries because of discrimination, because of harassment, because of being killed. These are the people that are saying, we want to get revenge, one, for what was done to us, and we want to see our country united. We want to see an interpartition. We want to see a really true united Ireland, free of outside rule and British influence. Yeah, but I, I, I would believe, and, like, like Ciarán, that, that, that 80% 80, 80 of the people of Ireland and, and that... that if they I want to support a party, want that. right to support a party. Want that, I mean, want that. But when you have funds like that, I mean, that are being spent, and I mean, where is, did the money come from? And, why, and what's it all about? From, yeah. The money's coming from Norway, people, mostly from America, people that have gone out there. Yeah. I know plenty of people. And what are they doing with the money? How do you mean they don't have the money? Mm. What do the money for? What do they do with it? I don't want it. One, it's for it's for. You said you got none of it. It's, it's for publicity, etc. Yeah. It's for publicity. I mean, I so went to. So you mean we call it propaganda, will we? I went around West Limerick here for for years, yeah. selling on public every Saturday night. Right. I didn't get one penny out of it. Correct, and and people like and a lot like you, yeah. but but uh, but, no. but there must be some there must be someone greasing someone's hand now. But there's kind of money floating around with the five million from this man over in uh, Wales. Yeah, over in Wales. I mean, he 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 was he's a great benefactor anyway. The man is dead now, and like and the money is still be still be looked for all over Europe. He, you know, so I mean, they have solicitors and all engaged looking for the money. So I mean, what are they going to do? Sinn Féin. So, I mean, you're already touched with what's going on. I see you that much. I mean, for a server, Sinn Féin, you're not too well up on what's going on in headquarters with Mary Lou and company. Well, that's what I want to the, the media is so anti Sinn Féin. I, I, I believe very don't little. Do, don't try the matter, John. No, no, Kieran. You're too long on the road now. You're too genuine a man to be, to be blaming the media. I'm not. stand up to the media. The thing is, it's very, it's very peculiar that that paper, especially the independent, week after week after week, Sunday Independent the same, bashing Sinn Féin, bashing Republicans, see no other wrong in the country. Well, no, anything I mean, the print really has to stand up. Not, I mean, you have to stand up to criticism. I mean, you have to stand up to be analysed, your but policies analysed, and your and the people that make the decisions be analysed. You're, and, and you're not living in the real Sinn Féin world. We were talking previously about... Uh, the problem with housing. Why don't, why don't independent be carrying all these articles day in, day out? But they are. They're not, I'll tell them what they are. They're once in the blue moon. No, no, they're, 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 they do that. They carry all the housing issues and, and, and social issues are, are carried Grand, by the media. Grand, there about this uh, independent Ireland, or whatever you call it nowadays, and 
I, I could follow the people of 1916 and all the way up along to Sean South and the different campaigns that the IRA took part in over the 50s and 40s and all the way up along to the 1970s and then from the 70s onwards the, the, the campaign in Northridge was easy to understand as well because of the treatment and, and harassment and, and the terrible living conditions that the people in the six counties had to live under but in in uh, more recent times now, since 1973, especially since we joined the EU, all our rules and directives and about the council there earlier on, that they have little or no say, that they go up to the doll and, and they haven't a whole pile more to say because 90% of the rules govern this country are EU directives controlling the country. Our population of Ireland now is being uh, diluted to the tune of probably nearly unrecognisable in some towns and villages because there are so many people from all over the world now into Ireland. So I cannot see that uh, this Ireland as, as you and I would have believed in. You still believe it, but I've lost belief because it's no longer the Ireland that the people of 1916 fought and died for because there are so many populations in the country now that in another 20 or 30 years, I'd say, the majority of people will be non-Irish people. Yeah, sort of. exactly. So I think it's only a figment of imagination yeah. to be talking about United Ireland because it's a thing of the past is gone. You have nothing to unite. I suppose there's definitely a lot of people in this country now, as you say, from other from every country, other in the jurisdiction world. that would Not have no interest. And I say, still would agree, would have no interest. I up or down, what's happened in this country, whether whether you're north or south or what you are, they have no because then yeah. they have no allegiance. They're here for a job and they're here right, for no allegiance. Anybody, so like anybody, like and particularly the Republicans, especially even the recent uh, since the sixties and maybe fifties, you know, that, that developed in the north and that. And they were they were really treated in an apartheid regime. Uh, there's no doubt about that. And and not alone were they treated like uh, in, like the, the, like the Jews nearly. They, they were second and third class citizens by our by our friends the Unionists and um, and supportive of Britain. The acts that they were committed by the British Army and the MI5 and MI6 were an absolute disgrace. They were they, they were, oh, they were, they were war crimes. But well, let me finish. It's that time it happens. No. We have to go to that break at half ten. Yeah. We, you can continue. We may right. come back at half ten. Okay. And just before we go, to, to, to give poor old Corral a bit of a no uplift, it looks like a Sinn Féin bashing program tonight. Fair play to Corral. He is well able to stand stand his ground. Nola McMahon in Timper Denton. Nola, I know Corral a long time, and I guarantee you he's well able to stand his ground indeed. So I don't think you or I need worry about Corral. He knows his stuff inside out and fair play to him. So we'll back to you just after the ad break shortly. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061 314 948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie. You are listening to the podcast of County Views. It's broadcast on West Limerick 102 FM on the 9th of June 2021 from 9.30 to 11pm. Joining Pat O'Donovan and Tom Ryan, Mike Barrett and Carol McCutton 
As this is the podcast of County Views, the phone lines and text lines are now closed. Please do not phone or text, otherwise you'll be unnecessarily charged. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061-314-948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie. Welcome back, folks, and you're tuned to West Limerick 102 FM, your local community radio broadcasting here from Newcastle West on this Wednesday night, and repo- repeated tomorrow morning, it happens to 11 to 1, and I'm joined on the panel by Coral McCourton and Mike Barrett and Tom Ryan, and my name is Pat O'Donovan, and can the panel please discuss, to Tom, we'll, before we go to that, you were in full floor there, we'll take that, you continue there. Before yeah, I was just adding to what, what Kiran yourself has said, Pat and Mike, you know, the, the, the aspirations, like, I mean, are, are towards, I mean, 80% of the people in this country would love to see United Ireland, and they'd love to see, but I mean, I'd be inclined to think first, we want to look after our own party at first, the 26 counties, and with the job we're making of it, and, and, and over the past 20, 30, 40, 50 years, or the scandals, and the, and the, 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 the financial scandals, and what we've done, with, with officials and with politicians and you know I mean where did they what did the people what did the son of the Roshin as Lou Kelly said die for like did, did they die for that and we are, we, are, we want to celebrate the, or, or the rising and celebrate the, the war of independence and the civil war and the, the people that were absolutely were butchered for Ireland and suffered and the people that survived treated magnificently like I mean what in the name of God like would you are our present leaders thinking of you know when, when we have people on the streets when people are in soup kitchens people on the minimum wage and you know where is our respect and where is our where, and we have our foreign tax exiles and the wealthiest people in the world in this country and we uh, and we know like uh, nearly reaching third country status in certain areas it's an absolute disgrace housing and the whole lot together so we'd want to cop ourselves on and really elect people that are that are going to do something about it you know um, I believe we were totally there I should you were speaking there in the same tones, maybe a modern language, as um, James Connolly did. I mean, James Connolly, you know, he wanted uh, an Ireland where there would be, people would have enough, people would be, would be provided for, that there would be no such thing as uh, uh, a really rich class of people and a very poor class of people to improve the lot of everybody. And I think that is the aim of all Republicans and always has been. But there will be no real progress in this country until partition is done away with, until we are masters in our own 32 counties. And it's a myth, again, to, to continue on, and not to point out at you there, Tom, that there is two uh, different states in this country. That was the Conor Cruz O'Brien thing, that there was two states. I mean, partition is only there since 1921. It's only barely 100 years old. There's no such thing as a six counties and a 26 counties. Never existed. I'll was always one. And there's a lot of the people in this country whose fathers and mother were born when it was one country. And they're still alive. And that's what we want to get back to. Britain 
could not face up to the fact in 1921 that her time was up here and she did the worst of all things was to uh, put a border through this country, a totally <coughs> arbitrary border, and that people over the years have nearly come to believe now that there are two distinct parts of Ireland. There is not. I mean, and plus the fact, the Irish people living within the 26, uh, within the six counties, those people, they've been denied their fundamental rights for the last 100 years. I mean, we speak here as if, you know, like Donegal could have been part of the six counties and maybe Fermanagh not. So we would be now talking if, if they had brought in Donegal and left Fermanagh. Fermanagh would be part of, of the 26 counties and Donegal would be part of the six counties. How absurd it would be. Well, let it be as, as absurd as you like. It's and, and, everybody that's been and part in this country. I can well accept, like, I mean, your speech and that, you know, and, and but I, I don't accept that. I mean, we have two separate countries here. We have, we, we have two separate, we have we have a border. We have, I mean, and the, the six counties are under the jurisdiction of the UK, of England, and, and you're talking like, I mean, fairy tale stuff. In fact, you deal with facts, and the facts are that the six counties of Ireland are governed by the UK, by England. And, and that's, not I, I'm not saying that's right. I would be, I'm as, as much a United Irishman as you are, I, like, and, and all belong to me. And, and, all, and all my people, my, my father, my grandfather, all of them, I have people that died, I mean, that died for this country, like, and that, like, and but, you, but the day you walk away from reality, you're only living in cuckoo land. But you see, Tom, you see, the reality that there is a six counties there it doesn't make it right. That's the, I, that's I didn't say it was right at all. I'm not saying at all, Kieran, this is right. I totally opposed <coughs> it and opposed the way it was imposed on us. Like, it was it was a head count of Protestants, that's what it was, and planters. A purely sectarian state. Yeah, a sectarian state. We were, and he's still sectarian. Now, gentlemen, we'll hold that there because that's, that's going on 100 <coughs> years and it could go on for many more nights as well. And uh, we won't change it here tonight. Phil Hogan has, uh, I know, Pat, can the panel please discuss the following formula you Angry Commissioner Phil Hogan has joined a board today. Another job for the buyers. Nothing new in any of that. Anyway, that's from Mike and Kilmallock. And looking at the Irish Independent, uh, Corral McCurton's favourite newspaper, <coughs> shall I say, indeed not, see. Hogan signs up phone giant as a client for his new consultancy on EU business. So that's what happens in that, in, in, in among those people. <coughs> and, um, Nolan McMahon, we thank you for that. And Kural is feeling much better now since you supported him in that one, since you told us to lay off him a little bit. Hi, Pat, Tom, and panel. Great to hear you again as you discuss the news of the day and letting us know what's going on. And I'm all excited because I have become a great, great granny since last week when my great grandson and his wife had a baby in Canada. Yuppie. And oh, I nearly forgot. A big kiss for Tom. <coughs> Polly the Port. Polly, I seem to be going down the list there a little bit. I just get an occasional one. But Tom is a standout. Now that the GA, that's Polly the Port. Now that the GA has returned to the playing fields, it would be nice to welcome back the GA program on your radio on the Monday mornings, as was in the past from George Daly. I'm glad you got around to the effort to put in the, <coughs> the message, George. 
I mean, it's another little bit of effort on your part. Who knows, you might even join us yeah. on the show if we do get it back in the air and Mike Barris and Tom Ryan just take part in it and then one or two dropped out. And we did appeal to people. We needed three people to take part in the programme and we failed to get them to come on air to discuss GEA matters. It used to be on the Monday. It could move on to another day of the week or another time, possibly. Well, on, on that very subject, Pat, uh, I suppose... Over the past, what, I suppose six, twelve months anyway, we got the Observer every week, which is the local paper here. Tom probably knows about it, but I know Cyril does. Do and like, I suppose the one thing we can be grateful for to keep the paper going, and I think uh, from information I got only for a very alert, alert woman that kept all Michael Hanley's photographs, the Observer probably wouldn't be in existence today because of the pandemic, as you know, we had no... There was no sport or anything like that, but apparently she had no dancing to keep up. To keep, you had nothing you, like they had nothing to print, and apparently a woman involved with the Observer since its inception uh, kept all Michael Handley's photographs and Richard Sheehy in Bradford and even George Daly's photographs, and that kept the paper going. But I think. To open the paper today, I think, like, and what we've been talking about all night and everything, to the great lift to open the paper today and see all the GA back again. You have fixtures, you have results, you have everything back again. And I think even this week we have a county final between Croke, that yeah. Tom Ryan managed many years ago back, and Partick's well, the county junior hurling final. But there was one very significant one on Monday night, the bank holiday, two days ago. Uh, Last year, under six, 16 and a half county final, Holland final was played, where Newcastle, the local club here, had a, a three-point win, 3-12 to 2-12 over Moneline, played in Rakeel. And the very interesting thing about that, that many people may not, may not know, uh, Newcastle were uh, captained by Conor Hayes, his father is the doctor here, Roger Hayes, and this young fellow's great-grandfather, won an All-Ireland minor medal with Limerick in 1940. So there's a lot of history attached between, it's a, probably, I suppose, a direct link between Newcastle and Kilidi. And as many of you know, Roger Hayes is a well-known doctor here in town at the moment, and he's also one of the selectors with this under 16 and a half. I think it's the first time that Newcastle West actually won a uh, county final at that grade. I do remember him winning a uh, county minor, I think, in 1980, because I think we'd win a senior Holland final the same day after they winning that. And I think that's, I think it's, it probably shows the work that's going on here locally. And also there was another connection there. There's a man out there in the Wally, Dan Kindy, who was very well known in football here. He played football with both here with Newcastle West and he played with Limerick in football. I see him playing with Limerick. See him playing against Kerry, I think, down the street and going back many years ago. And his, his grandson is now very prominent with that under-16 team. So it was a good week. And I suppose, as I already said, it's great to open the paper and you'll see all the fixtures for next week. And it's, it probably says it shows that we're coming, going in the right direction. Well, Mike, I'd like to, to, to add my words of encouragement there like, and, and support and congratulations to the Observer because, so, uh, like, a lot of, I get the Observer like, uh, because it's available in in rain and, and I get it and some friends of mine get it as well. It's a marvellous publication. Absolutely has to be supported all the time. There's great credit to them for the detail, for the, uh, in particularly for the for the forecasts, uh, of course, are, are, are really something else. Yeah, and, uh, but the, the, but 
but all the news and the, and, and the contributions of ordinary people like and like the radio station like anything local like that we have to we definitely like I mean have to support it and congratulate them and you know and talk is cheap but if it's a go away and buy the paper and support it and uh, because they, they, they do go into great detail and particularly with sport as well all sports like and mm-hmm. Limerick now is selling in Western Limerick with the new uh, athletics like yes, right, yeah, uh, I mean stadium, you know I mean like starting out in athletics is I, I would that, that the one area that I would have huge like confidence in and should be supported because they're they're struggling for a long time we've had some marvelous athletes and it's great to see the, see the local effort being put in we give away our shops we give away our creameries, our, our creameries. we give away everything locally but let's not give away our our publications such as the like uh, i think the sister paper as well yeah the, 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 the real star as well which is, comes in the same comes in the same vein as well and they 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 are marvelous and the people that run are working on really small budgets and you know I mean putting a huge personal effort and I think myself that that uh, it's great and I also want to congratulate Polly because I spoke Polly I spoke to Polly on the weekend just as she had received the news in Canada that she's a great great grandmother and isn't it a marvellous isn't, isn't she a marvellous woman like and a marvellous person and a, a pride of Limerick and we, we definitely I mean her her equals like would they ever again be seen the, the unsung people of Limerick Polly Fitzpatrick, one of them. And I'd like to ask you something right now, as we're on sport and as we're on, the, could you tell us at all what is the situation about the hunting season? Is it, is it back or is or, or, or am I, I'm, I, I'd like to know what's happening. Well, for number one, Tom, uh, the hunting season, as per the Department of Agriculture, runs from the 1st of August to the 31st of March. That is no, as any, anybody knows, there is no, there is actually legally no close season as where you can go out and shoot and box if you want to at three o'clock in the morning if it's, that suits you. Yeah, well, I don't like that. No, no, I don't either. But as regards what's, what our, our organisation, the Hunting Association of Ireland, the regulation, and that is the 1st of August to the 31st of March. And that's it then. And does the season open this year? At the what will be open? Yeah. Will be and are the conditions attached to like? No, 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 no. It's open hunting. What will be open? It will be open. It will be open on the first of August. And 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 all the packs that are. Yeah, it will be open on the first of August. So long as there is no other clampdown or regulations with the pandemic. But what's looking at the moment? Because number one, you're out in the open air. Yeah. Now we have messages galore. Just one second there. Yeah. Just going back to the observer and, and, and sport, I must compliment him, especially on their coverage of Komori and uh, ladies football. And uh, talking about uh, uh, Kilidi, Kilidi are flying it at the moment. Exactly. It's great. Yeah. And it's great to see, I mean, uh, Limerick's Komori team nearly beat Kilkenny. Exactly. Uh, I mean, three points. Yeah, three, three points that yeah. Saturday. Great performance. And they both have. A senior and, and a junior team, and there's somebody from this part of uh, West and Canadian represented on the team. Even Tim Glenton. And fair play to the observer. I'm, I'm not talking about, like we say, shot. I mean, a detailed coverage of, of all the matches. So, I mean, 
Great credit, Joe. Other legislation. When the panel please discussed the following legislation to be brought in for 10 days' pay for sick leave to be brought in between now and 2025. That's from Sarah Kyo in Arda. I, hi, all. I know an independent councillor from a neighbouring county who was canvassed by a newly formed political party and he was offered 5,000 by them to run for that party. Where did that newly formed party get that kind of money? To be honest, I consider it less story in Sinn Féin as being a non-story as most parties and even individual political candidates run polls. The only poll that counts anyway is the ballot box and I was the victim of that on two occasions. <laughs> he, was, he was a victim of the ballot box. <laughs> Christy Kelly, very well said, Christy, indeed. It is my opinion that we have uh, no opposition in this country. Last week, the special powers to invoke restrictions on COVID was extended. For whatever reason, six Sinn Féin TDs failed to vote. If they had done so, those powers would not have been voted to be extended. Why did those six votes not why did those six not turn up? Regards, Christy Kelly. Any quick comment on that, uh, Cyril? I'm not aware of that. All, all, all I know is that Mary Lou uh, did say that uh, she, w she was not uh, in favour of extending it for, not for another... Um, is it until October? Yeah, or yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, yeah. and there was, uh, there was a national addendum to that, that and, and there's another three months after that. So, no, I, I can't explain why... People are concerned are, about know, it, yeah. Uh, Back to Sarah Kyo. Can the panel please discuss the following legislation to be brought in, in in for 10 days' pay for sick leave to be brought in between now and 2025? I found that very interesting and amusing, Tom Ryan, because when I was working in your days about 25 years ago, they had 15 days' sick pay leave at the time, believe it or not, 25 years ago. They'd be out sick for 15 days and they were paid in full by the company at that particular time and says he is there any wonder they left the country yeah well Pat I, I you know there's uh, I, I don't know re any reason and, and the reason f for the why, why the government now has got involved in this area I don't object to it like but I, I would sincerely hope that, uh, that 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 area like would be covered sick pay but I, I also know that uh, you know it can be used as well as an excuse and also you know because I, and abused mm -hmm. as well, yes, which yes. is which is the really which is the I mean the the really the kernel of the issue. Yes. My objection to it, you know, I mean, people. I remember when the, when companies brought in a, a very generous sick pay. All of a sudden, they had a lot of patients that were very bad, you know, and people who left and they, they actually formed businesses themselves while they were being paid. And you know, we haven't a great record in this country, like as regards honesty. Just no doubt about that, and that you can you can cover that in, in a multitude of ways and it, it, it's a good idea but I hope it's not abused but I, I'm afraid it will be and it will be an additional cost as well to small businesses who are already struggling and it definitely like it has to be placed properly yeah I would I would agree with what you said that time I have seen experiences myself particularly in big multinational companies just Environment this thing comes into being, it's been abused. Now, the other side of that, I would say, is that we also have to look at the people in the minimum wage and it would say the, 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 the low paid workers that are working in supermarkets and things. And I think this thing came from to something we learned during the pandemic that people actually had COVID but they were afraid to stay at home because they weren't going to get paid and they couldn't afford them. We can, we can all, uh, I think. 
look at that and say that like if they weren't getting paid well they, they had rent to pay and they weren't able to keep going but I would agree with a lot of what Thomas said there in the bigger in the bigger institutions this this thing will be uh, abused and as as Pat referred to there I remember back as well 25 or 30 years ago and you had so many sick days when you were out and, and it was, there was no problem with it like you were paid and that was it provided but there was fellas that abused it then and they'll do it again but the other thing is probably the, the lower paid are the people I think that suffered in this but it's not going to come in for the next three or four years so I mean that didn't they're only, they're only came well, well I, I didn't I wasn't aware of that no I think they're yeah, looking at about 2025 or something like that but, legislation coming in and yeah but what you said is correct about the, about the minimum wage and the low wages in the service industry and particularly in the in the tourist industry and that and, and, and uh, I think myself that's an, that's an area that should be definitely looked at and people I all so, Mary Lou did not turn up she was one of the six when you look at the actual situation about about where you have a, where you have them uh, like um, Ahead of uh, the HSE getting nearly half a million, you know. So I mean, there's something right there. Like, and we have our all our our huge tax exiles all over the world, and they and they living here, and we looking after them. Carol, hi all. Mary Lou did not turn up. She was one of the six. Well, I, I don't know whether there was any agreement between the other parties or not. You know, sometimes if, yeah. if you don't turn up, you know, there's, a lot, there's a person from some other party. I can't, I can't comment on that. Now the GA lads will leave that one. I mean, just four minutes left, I think, or thereabouts. Uh, last weekend's GA, I'll start to go around well, the table there. Yeah, I mean, great to see okay. Limerick, great, great to see Limerick uh, stopping that uh, 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 losing streak. Uh, I hope they'll do well now in the championship. I'd be confident that they will do well in the championship uh, the one downside in all of this is there's a lot of talk about these days about uh, on the one hand there's too many scores but I can tell you one thing I'd prefer to be watching a horny match where there's 20 scores than a soccer match where there's no score I mean let's face it there's no comparison at all uh, at least there's the, the ball is travelling I know the man may I, I, I think that the refereeing uh, has improved in, in the last couple of matches and uh, like uh, there's talks about we said the Schlitter the design of the Schlitter etc so I mean probably something for the future yeah, the one, yeah I think the, the speed the, the speed of the, of the ball is unreal like, but the one thing that concerns me and as most of you know I have been there since I was just been 22 years at it I still think that it's ridiculous the amount of pulling that's going on off of the ball and seven fellas watching it that they can't do that they can't open their mouth you have two umpires inside of the post and all they can do is press a button and tell the referee at the other end of the field when we were doing that we were told by Neil Dogan in any match we went out he'd be local or anywhere and the exact ball that we were told going into the field was you control the full back line and I'll take it from there and that meant that if I was inside, if I was standing inside the post and you were if you were kind of proper and Tom Ryan was kind of back and he was pulling your jersey, what we done was we simply walked out to the tobin and it happened time and time again was Albert said to him lads, if we call him in the tobin will be gone. 
Det är ett Och till det är apparently det kan dock där mot. För vad det för Well, I mean you you're referring to Holly now. I I can hardly recognize Holly now to be honest about it. And it's a very worrying fact. It's a very worrying state like it has been handed over to a, a few gurus now like that, that that are in charge of it with their laptops and their and their analysis and their all just a psychological input into it and uh, the ball everything is wrong. There's a huge debate going on about it at the moment. I think today too late. I think calling is finished myself, <coughs> to be honest about it. Let me score 33 points and uh, 21 wides. Imagine yep. 20, imagine if it had been insofar as a lot of wides now. And I'm not being disrespectful to any player because we have a huge team of big men, big skillful holders. They are very, we never had a better team than Limerick have at the moment. But I'm talking about the game of holding. The game of holding is in a precarious yep. state. It has been brought up by a few people and it's been maintained by RTE and their analysts and to listen to them last on the night would make you cry. I've actually written about it on, on next Saturday now in my my column in the mail and I have a look at it, read it and I'd like to get a reaction as to what they have scored 34. I mean it's an absolute joke, that's what it is. The whole situation and but again it is it happened by negligence and crop parks and crop parks part to you know for to like really let it deteriorate gradually the way it did without any you know I mean if uh, Kiran mentioned about, about the referees so I know they begin to apply the rules they should, should have been done not in Templeton we have run out of time again folks and Mick Mackey had a famous team in Limerick in the 1950s they were known as Mackey's Greyhounds and I suppose this time they'll be known as Kylie's Roberts I'd say because that's what it seems to turn out to be a robot game and it's not just like Tom Ryan it's losing interest to me as well because there's no market it's only who's the fastest runner around the field and my thanks to Corral McCurton I hope it didn't upset you Corral or any way <laughs> possible that it'll upset your night's sleep and thanks to Mike Barrett and Tom Ryan as usual thank you Tom for joining us tonight and, and of course Jason as well for doing a fine job here every Wednesday night so until next Wednesday night folks take care 102 FM. You've just been listening to the podcast of County Views as broadcast on West Limerick 102 FM on the 9th of June 2021 from 9.30 to 11pm. Mike Barrett and Carol McCutton join Pat O'Donovan and Tom Ryan for the discussion. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061 314-948 Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors tod.ie